Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA Kit by Endocana Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit, EndoDecoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestions, EndoAligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Effica Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Effica Unwind. Created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formulation of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. This week, we're exploring a couple of pharmacists' POV on CBD. The two joined forces with a farmer and a chemist to create a new kind of pharmacy that showcases the therapeutic powers of cannabidiol. Jeffrey Dunn is a doctor of pharmacy with an MBA who grew up learning the ropes in his family's pharmacy, where he worked through his college years at University of Utah College of Pharmacy. Doug Burgoyne graduated from the Chicago College of Pharmacy with both bachelor and doctor of pharmacy degrees. He worked in the medical field all through high school and enjoys working to improve the health and care of the community. 
Dr. Burgoyne has spent most of his career in managed care, leading regional and national organizations to lower the cost of pharmaceuticals and improve medical outcomes. Farmer and Chemist was created to provide a high-quality product and experience for patients using CBD. The company was built and is run by pharmacists and scientists. They claim their product provides a more pure, more concentrated formula to ensure patients get the right CBD treatment at the right time. I ask the pharmacists a couple of listener questions, one dosing for wellness question from Craig in Canada, and a CBD quality question from Jen, the organizer of our new Highly Responsible Canna Consumers Facebook group. And I ask Jeff and Doug my own question about CBD and blood thinners and about THC tolerance breaks. We unpack a lot during this discussion, but before we do, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, the muscle rub PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And this week, I want to highlight my new wholesale partner, Gracie Conda, a massage therapist in the East Bay. Her business, A Graceful You, is now offering massages infused with MJ Relief, and her clients can purchase their muscle rub directly from Gracie. If you're a body worker looking for an herbaceous upgrade to typical CBD topicals, we made sure MJ Relief's got the glide you need, and it smells like a relaxing dream. Become a wholesale partner by emailing info at mjskinrelief.com. And if you're ready for some muscle and joint relief of your own, add a tube of MJ Relief to your Christmas list. And if you don't want to wait that long, head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tube for you and an MJ Mini for your secret Santa or holiday white elephant party. That's mjskinrelief.com. The Sustainability Roll-Up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural, sustainable practices, it's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. On November 3rd, the news team at Leafly released the first-ever Leafly Cannabis Harvest Report, which counted 13,042 cannabis farm licenses in the 11 adult-use legal states where retail stores are open. This unprecedented peak into U.S. pot production found farmers growing 2,278 metric tons per year. In his article, David Downs described it as enough cannabis to fill 57 Olympic-sized swimming pools, or more than 11,000 dump trucks stretching more than 36 miles. With U.S. state cannabis prices ranging from about $500 to $3,000 per wholesale pound, you're looking at a crop worth $6.175 billion per year, not including the medical-only states. As measured against data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the value of America's legal cannabis crop ranks fifth nationwide ahead of cotton. In Alaska, Colorado, Massachusetts, Nevada, and Oregon, cannabis is the number one cash crop. And yet, state and federal officials generally do not track it or acknowledge it. 
USDA economists track annual yields, prices, and estimated values for nearly every commercial crop grown in America. But they don't track legal cannabis due to the plant's status as a federal Schedule I drug. Downs reported that Leafly's goal with the Harvest Report is to quantify annual cannabis production in operational adult-use states, just like the USDA's Economic Research Service does for all non-cannabis crops. Voters, lawmakers, and industry leaders need these basic facts to make informed decisions around legalization, taxation, and regulation of one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. Working with economists at Whitney Economics, Leafly's investigative team spent months gathering data, analyzing wholesale prices, and parsing classes of cannabis quality to create this first-of-its-kind report, which simultaneously challenges the stigma of cannabis farming. Yes, please, and thank you. So you'll find links to David Downs' article and Leafly's insightful harvest report in the podcast 211 show notes at casuallybaked.com. As a country girl, I lean towards sun-grown craft cannabis flower, grown in living soil infused with a whole lot of heart and soul. So when it comes to my smoking experience, I don't just use any rolling paper. OCB is the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafting naturally since 1918. Unlike most other brands that buy their paper from a third party, OCB oversees the entire papermaking process, made in a facility that's powered by 100% green energy, ensuring a century of quality straight to your hands. You'll find no GMOs, no chlorine, and no dyes in OCB papers. Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow the natural wonders of OCB on social at OCB underscore USA. And for you grown-up joint rolling novices, I invite you to learn the craft alongside me. Catch the Roll With Me video series live streaming on the Casually Baked YouTube channel and the Highly Responsible Canna Consumers Facebook group with replays on the WeedTube and IGTV. And get your Roll With Me starter kit that is also an excellent stocking stuffer, I might add, at ocbusa.com backslash baked. You'll get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. This bundle is worth 20 bucks and around for a limited time. But the rolling skills and street cred we'll earn together, my friend, makes this offer priceless. And because variety is the spice of life, I encourage you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers. You'll find links to the OCB special offer and roll with me in the podcast show notes at casuallybaked.com. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, please rate and review Casually Baked, the podcast, wherever you listen. That one small action helps other can of curious folks find highly responsible discussions like this one with Jeff and Doug about CBD dosing and delivery and things to know and consider before choosing CBD as a tool in your medicine kit. Now smoke them if you got them and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine. 
Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So I thought today it would be really great for us to go over just the common uses, what to know and consider before even going shopping for CBD. There are, you know, the comorbidities and the potential adverse effects or drug-drug interactions. I want to kind of touch on those things. And then I have a couple of listener questions that we'll tackle. Let's start with what do we need to know before considering CBD? I guess I'll start, then Doug, you can chime in. So we can can come back and revisit the first part of that question. I think about, you know, what it's used for and, and maybe some of the science behind that. So I think that's super fascinating. But personally, I would say what people should be asking when they're contemplating using CBD is, first of all, uh, who is it from? They need to be asking about, could it interact with other things I'm taking? Uh, what are the side effects? And then how to dose it and how to take it? Yeah, so, I guess maybe I wanted to start with our why. So that is the common uses. So we're, you know, first of all, why do we want to take it? So we... Uh, our, our bodies actually have uh, two cannabinoid receptor systems. Uh, so we're, we're kind of, we're, we're built that way, right? So not to get all like druggy and geeky, but when we take <laughs> drugs and medications, they bind uh, to receptors in our body and they're absorbed and they, that is what effectuates, you know, the, you know, what they're used for. So uh, CBD actually binds the same way as drugs. Uh, to these receptors located throughout our bodies. And we and these receptors are located uh, centrally. So in the CNS, so that's where we get, you know, the, you know, the mental mental health side of it, if you will, but also peripherally. And, and a good way to explain it is CBD is actually a very potent anti-inflammatory. So uh, CBD has been legal since the farm bill in 2000, what was it, 2018? 2018. 2018. Uh, but it's been around for thousands of years. And so the science is catching up to how it's been used, but there's plenty of data and, and, and good scientific data showing that it's really good for pain. So all different kinds of types of pain. So, you know, uh, arthritis, uh, but also nerve pain, different types of pain, but also anxiety uh, and sleep. And then more anecdotal, but again, data is coming in on all kinds of other things from migraines to cold sores uh, to you name it. Because again, it's a very potent anti-inflammatory. Yeah, I think what Jeff said is exactly right. The, the body has this endocannabinoid system. So it knows how to take uh, cannabinoids uh, orally or topically uh, and uh, do with them the right thing, which is relieve inflammation, uh, de-stress someone by relieving anxiety, uh, and um, help with sleep. Uh, it's really cool, actually, to think that our bodies have their own cannabinoid receptors. Uh, it's not like taking um, a, a narcotic or an opioid uh, that goes in and, and grabs on to a receptor that it's not designed for. Instead, CBD goes into a very specific receptor. They're very cleverly called CB1 and CB2. Yes. And imagine that, that nature would match up perfectly with our bodies. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So now we finally have legal products in the U.S. Uh, that uh, that are effective at relieving all of those things, stress slash anxiety, 
deprivation of sleep and pain because of inflammation of, of many varieties, as Jeff said, um, that's totally natural. That yeah. fits with our bodies. So, you know, you two being pharmacists and you went to school, were you taught anything about the endocannabinoid system? Zero. Z- yeah. Nothing. Yeah. In fact, in fact, when, when Jeff and I went to school, which was a long time ago, uh, you know, marijuana was uh, completely illegal. It's a schedule one. Well, it's still a schedule one controlled substance. Uh, and the only thing that uh, I learned about was uh in our law class, I went to school in Chicago, and uh, we talked about marijuana in law class. That was it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll dovetail that and say, you know, uh, 20 years ago, you know, when I was graduating from pharmacy school, uh, pain was kind of the fifth vital sign is what they called it, right? I mean, it was right. it was throw opioids uh, at pain, and, you know, you never wanted to undertreat it. And so we've seen a complete reversal of that because of, of the opioid, uh, you know, epidemic, you know, for lack of better description. And uh, so we're learning that in, in some cases, it because it is natural and because it is uh, doesn't have the same addiction potential and the side effect potential, it, it, it could be a good alternative to those very drugs that we've, we've discovered over the last 20 years can be very detrimental to somebody's long-term well-being. And, Absolutely. and physicians, and I'll just say this too, also, you know, we're at pharmacists, same thing. I would, I would say in medical school, unless you graduated within like the last three years, it's probably the same situation. You probably never heard about uh, this, and uh, unfortunately, physicians probably right now are having uh, are seeing a lot of patients who are taking it and not telling them they're taking it, or are interested in taking it and they're asking their doctor about it, and the doctor doesn't have any background. So that's one of the things that we, that Doug and I are are focusing on. If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. And trying to kind of fill a gap in, in, in being a, a reference to physicians so that they can right. feel more comfortable about what this is and how it's used and how to appropriately uh, recommend it for their patients. And what is that like right now in your community? In you know, are you seeing people that are kind of being a little more stubborn about getting on board or are they quickly seeing the value? I think there are both. Uh, I think there are physicians and patients who are in both categories. Um, and But it's across the board age-wise. So there are young people that are nervous about using something that could make them addicted, um, like they've heard about with the opioids there, but they're looking for relief. So they're curious. Uh, There are old, older people. I mean, Jeff and I are not young, older than us uh, that are coming in and asking about it, saying, I never thought I would ask a question about cannabis or cannabinoids or CBD, but here I am. And they're more positive about it sometimes. So we've got the, the resistant folks as well as the yeah. folks that are curious and engaging. 
I know that about consumers. I'm talking about your peers. Probably the same answer, right? It's across the spectrum. I, I would say healthcare providers are probably anecdotally, for what it's worth, a little bit more resistant to this than, say, the general population, just because they've been trained in a different way, right? And so this, again, wasn't taught to them uh, when they were in school. You know, as, as you know, you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, that, that's, that's part of the problem here is there's so much miseducation or lack of education about what CBD is, what it isn't, you know, how does it compare to medical cannabis and all that kind of stuff. And so there's, there's still a ton of misperceptions and a lack of, of education out there. And hopefully that improves. Right. And, you know, and that's why I always try to make sure that, you know, as consumers, we are super educated going into the doctor's office so that we have the information we need to defend our lifestyle and to help educate, you know, our doctors, you know, and that's the thing when, I want my parents to take CBD, but they're on blood thinners. And right, so right. there's so many people that I know CBD could help, but they have these other issues. And I don't want to be responsible for them taking it without considering these things first. So let's yep. talk about that. That That's so important. So I'll just say from a safety perspective, CBD is pretty safe. It doesn't have a lot of you know, traditional side effects that you see with other medications. It's again, not addictive, like an opioid. Uh, if you take a ton of it, you're probably going to have, you'll be really tired. I mean, that's kind of what happens, but the, but the bigger issue is just that it, it's the drug interaction. So we've talked about receptors and how CBD binds to receptors and that's how it works. It's also metabolized or broken down by enzymes. And there are, I think about six enzymes in our body that account for metabolizing about 90% of drugs. And uh, CBD is metabolized the same way. So essentially, when you have CBD and some of these drugs, they're competing for these enzymes. And so it affects how they're broken down and metabolized. And so it could increase or decrease the amounts of these other drugs or CBD in your body and therefore either increase the side effects or, or you know, make the drugs not as effective. So absolutely. But you said it. I mean, the, the most common ones are anticoagulants, antiplatelets. Uh, so if somebody's taking warfarin, for example, we absolutely recommend that they, you know, monitor their INRs. They're upfront with their doctor about it, so we can see what's happening with that. And what is again, an it's, INR? It's a it's a lab test for sorry, yeah, it's a lab test. Uh, when people are on warfarin, it's a lab test to make sure that they're clotting appropriately. Okay, essentially. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, again, a common, a, you know, common drugs uh, because this acts centrally are the drugs that are used to treat the very things that CBD is used for. So yeah. anxiety. Um, you know, even antidepressants, other things. And so, uh, you know, again, you know, one of the things we always say is if you're comfortable, tell us what you're on and we'll go through the individual side effects, but also make sure you talk to their doctor. But then the, going back to what we talked about earlier, if they're talking to their doctor, their doctor doesn't know, then we haven't accomplished anything. So, right. Sorry, it's so like this yeah, circle yeah. of insanity. Yeah. So, okay. If someone is on blood thinners, is the answer just like, sorry, you can't take CBD? No. It's two blood thinners that we're talking about really specifically, warfarin, uh, which has the brand name Coumadin, and clopidogrel, which has the brand name Plavix. Those are the two that have the most significant drug interaction with CBD. There are other newer agents uh, that someone might be taking for atrial fibrillation uh, that, that don't have that same significant interaction because, as Jeff said, they're metabolized by the body differently. So... 
to answer your question, is it an absolute no? No, it's not. Now, if you ask us from a, if you're just walking down the street and say, hey, I'm taking warfarin, can I take CBD? Our answer is going to be no, yeah. uh, because we want people, as you were saying, to be really smart about this. And as Jeff was talking about, to talk to their doctor. Uh, but there are ways to safely use CBD and beyond these products. Um, and it comes down to dosing and the timing of each uh, medication that the person is taking and, and how quickly those drugs and the CBD are metabolized um, and delivery method. So a tincture or a, or a gel cap or a gummy of CBD is totally different from the topical CBD, oh, yeah. which someone who's using a, a blood thinner can absolutely use without any safety concerns. Mm -hmm. So I guess then my directive to someone asking then would be take the specific name of the blood thinner that you're taking and ask your pharmacist. Absolutely. Yeah, or even better, go to a CBD place that actually has pharmacists on staff, right? Yeah, so, like in Salt Lake City. A little personal plug, <laughs> right? But right, I mean, if you go, but similar to a doc, my doctor comment, if you go into a, a pharmacy, and we like we talked about a few minutes ago, you know, we didn't we we've learned about this because we're in this space. But a, a, you know, a general pharmacist who's working in a chain store probably doesn't have the same background, and they probably don't know the answer to it. Get comments so about it's that. partly just, you know, partly is we want you to talk to a doctor and pharmacist, but the answer to there really needs to be talk to a doctor or pharmacist who knows what they're talking about in CBD. Yes. And you, don't, and you definitely don't want to walk into a vape shop or something, you know, or a convenience store and buy your CBD. So, yeah. This is a true story. Okay. Well, but that's, you know, that that's what I wanted to know is it's not a hell no. And that's what I basically, how I read it, if I'm doing homework online yeah. and you read that, it basically is like, oh, you're on a blood thinner. Sorry, CBD's not for you. And I knew that that couldn't necessarily be yeah. 100% all well, the time. Yeah. Right. Like Doug said, there's different types of anticoagulants and antiplatelets. And so we need to talk through that. But there, as far as I know, there's nothing that's a flat out contraindication, which means you just should not use it. But again, it can potentiate or diminish, you know, the effects of the drugs you're taking and you do have to be careful and you have to adjust. So again, if you're taking an antidepressant and you're elderly, for example, you might want to, again, in consultation with your doctor, maybe slowly lower the dose of the antidepressant because the CBD is going to increase the concentration in your body. And if you do that, you're going to get more of the side effects that come with the antidepressant, which could be, you know, could, could be significant if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. but, but it's not a flat out contraindication. You just need to be careful. Got it. Yeah. There are so many times uh, that uh, someone is prescribed a medication and, and then they're prescribed a second medication by their same physician. And there are contraindications to using both together, yeah. but it's still the right thing to do. Um, you think about those same blood thinners uh, on the label of those blood thinners, it says don't use with aspirin. But almost everybody who has cardiovascular disease who is using one of those blood thinners is also taking aspirin. Mm -hmm. One so aspirin a day. It's okay to use. <laughs> it's okay to use if it's done wisely, as as we've talked about. Okay, so now let's talk about you know the comorbidities piece. When you know we're not talking about just some healthy wellness consumer, but someone who has other things going on. What is that thought process before introducing CBD into the wellness toolkit? 
I think that's a really great question and key for uh, a lot of the folks that come into our store and, and are probably listening to this podcast. Um, I think the first thing as we think about with comorbidities, um, it's uh, mental health or behavioral health uh, types of issues. So whether that's anxiety or it's depression or it's bipolar disorder. Uh, and there are a lot of folks, as we know, who are using uh, cannabis, uh, self-treating, um, all kinds of mental health uh, diagnoses. So that's question number one. Uh, what else is going on? Um, how are you treating that? And is that, that treatment that you're using effective? Um, and, and if it's effective and you're doing well, that's that's great. As pharmacists, we would we would it would be hard for us to discourage someone from from stopping something and starting something different if it's working. But if it's not working or it's insufficient or you want to have um, a more natural product, uh, then CBD can supplement uh, what uh, a patient is using and may even allow the patient to reduce the dose uh, of the prescription medication that they're using. Jeff, do you want to add something? Uh, I think that was a, a great answer, and I agree. Um, I think, it, it, you know, just to follow on, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's, you know, comorbidities are, you know, what else do you have? You know, what other conditions do you have? What other medications are you on? And, uh, you know, again, where does this fit? And what, what do you need to look out for? And, and how can you appropriately use it to maximize the benefit and avoid drug interactions and side effects? Yep. All right. No nonsense answers here. <laughs> All right. So we're pharmacists, we can't help it. We're just we're just nerdy straight down. The I line. know. I don't mind. I'll add a little color in the middle. All right. Please. So I have a couple of questions from listeners who, you know, they are both wellness consumers. And, you know, one of them was what is the right dosage for somebody just introducing it into a daily wellness regimen because it's kind of expensive. So, you know, if we're not trying to break the bank, what's the best option? Yeah, well, I think it's important to note that the good stuff is expensive. Uh, and it goes back to a comment that you made earlier, and that's about where to get it and, um, and the potency of the product. So that's really key. If, if you're dropping into the convenience store and buying the cheapest CBD that's available, then in order to get an effective dose, you're probably going to have to use a lot of that product because there's uh, the, the potency is so, is so little. Um, so it's worth paying a little extra to get quality stuff. So I think that's number one. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time researching this. Uh, we work closely with our chemists to help formulate our products. And what we've seen in the literature is that typically it's a 25 milligrams a day is the what we call the minimally effective dose. And then there's there, then it depends a little bit on weight um, and other things. And so, you know, if you're 150 pounds, your dose is probably going to be different than if you're 300 pounds. And if you're 85, it's probably going to be a little bit different dose than if you're 25. So these, again, these are all things we need to work through. And that's part of it is finding, you know, and, and like Doug said, I mean, there, you know, if you think of just about, like some pretty well-known internet, you know, sites where you can buy whatever you want, right there, these products are typically hemp or other things. And so if CBD hasn't worked for somebody, it's probably for one of two reasons. One is either they've got, they haven't gotten CBD at all, or they haven't sufficiently dosed it. And so what we recommend typically is, you know, 25 milligrams to start. And then, 
you know, titrate it up or, or titrate it down based, based on effect. But there it definitely is a minimum dose. Yeah. For someone who has never used CBD before, never used cannabis in, in any way, starting out even with 25 milligrams may cause them to feel a little gunky. You know, you can get a little upset stomach, uh, your head might ache a little bit. So uh, that's for someone that's totally naive to, to the whole category. So starting out with 12 milligrams a day, using that for two or three days, then increasing up to 25. And then as Jeff said, titrating up even higher if necessary to get the relief that you're looking for. About every three or four days is the, is the right way to, to step up to an appropriate therapeutic dose. But there's no maximum. Now, let me interrupt you real quick. Why would someone feel gunky after if taking it at the first? Is it because it's cleaning out your pipes? Like, what's why, why would we feel bad? <laughs> That's an awesome question. So we, as, as we talked about before, we have these endocannabinoid receptors, and they've been lonely for a long time, right? They haven't gotten any cannabinoids, uh, and now they get their first dose, and they're like, hey, this is great. I love this. And they don't know quite what to do with it. Um, and so that causes some downstream effects in the body. Um, so it's not like you're going to be sick or throwing up or anything. You're just maybe just feel a little not right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with that feeling. Out. Yeah. And, you know, someone like me who is a nerd on like my body and healing and things, I went and had my genetics run against my endocannabinoid system. So I learned that I metabolize CBD like an Olympic champion. Rapid metabolizer. There you go. Yeah. And so one of the things that I learned was, okay, I need to introduce it into my diet multiple times a day and up the dosage. So, you know, I take it right when I wake up in the morning, mid-morning, in the afternoon, before I go to bed. And it took me doing that consistently for two weeks plus before I was like, okay, I know what CBD is doing for me. Before that, you're like, I know what the literature says it's doing for me. But if it's not done consistently, it's really hard to, to yeah. know. Well, it's a, that's a great comment because it, it, it acts in it. Like we've talked about with receptors and enzymes and all of these kind of fancy words, right? I mean, it, it acts in the body like a drug, but most drugs are the same way. They're, they're a lot of more weight-based or other things. And so, um, you know, you do have to find the right dose. Uh, but in, in a lot of cases, we don't push the dose to where it needs to be before we give up on it. And that's, that's unfortunate because CBD can help a lot of people. And so again, I think we, we have some people coming in to say, I, you know, I tried this two or three years ago and it didn't work. So we have to kind of walk through that because, again, they, the high likelihood they weren't getting CBD. They were getting hemp or, you know, they were not taking enough of it. And, and rightfully so, it wasn't going to work. But these are all, you know, to where you started, these are all questions we should be asking. What mm -hmm. patients should be asking is, you know, what is it? What is it good for? Um, how do I take it? Uh, what's my dose? You know, all of these. And this is why, you know, again, we think people need to be careful on who they're talking to. Yeah, definitely. When you go to a, a website to purchase any sort of hemp, cannabis, CBD products, I always immediately go to the About Us page. I'm like, are there actual humans that are running this? Who are these people? Where are they from? Where is their farm from? 
you know, there's just so much out there that you can't trust. And so, you know, looking under the hood before you even go to their products page, to me, is the fastest way to save time when you're doing this whole thing. Good point. Yep. Yeah, that's really smart. But the one thing that I think a lot of people do is they splurge for the expensive bottle of tincture and, you know, it doesn't last them 30 days, you know, they, and so they're like, well, I spent $180 on this thing and it didn't work. So CBD, this is all a fluke, you know. Yeah. Price comes down as things get better and, you know, everything else. But, you know, it is, it is you know, not to be disingenuous, it is expensive and you do pay for what you get right now. And, um, you know, it can add up. So, you know, again, it's important you don't waste it and you hopefully use it correctly. So I think that's an important thing to talk about with uh, dosing and how much someone is buying. So buying the most expensive product isn't always the most potent product. So it's really being a careful consumer and looking at the label and asking how many milligrams of CBD are really in the product that I'm buying and what type of CBD is it? Uh, is it broad spectrum? Is it full spectrum? Can you discern the difference uh, one versus the other? Um, and uh, if it's, is it, is it just hemp oil, uh, which probably doesn't have a ton of therapeutic effect compared to a, a broader full spectrum CBD oil. Um, and so being a wise consumer to look at the label and try to discern what they're really selling you is really a, uh, the first step in getting the right dose. And that actually is a dovetail and actually part of the question from Jen, another listener. She's saying, is all CBD the same? Meaning, is CBD from one strain going to give me the same benefit as another? And also sun-grown versus indoor. And so she's somebody who's into flower. And, you know, and I know a lot of cannabis brands in California who are actually now making their products using strain-specific, cultivar-specific flower. So um, who wants to jump on that one? I'll, I'll start. Okay. It's, did you want to, Jeff? No, go I ahead. Wanna... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think how I would answer the sun versus the indoor-outdoor. I have no idea on that one. I was saying. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, I don't know about the indoor-outdoor yeah. uh, either. I know that the science on the cannabis side um, is uh, indoor versus out, outdoor, uh, I think is, I think the indoor growers are getting really smart about lights and uh, pumping CO2 in and having the right combination of, of humidity uh, and daylight versus dark hours in order to get good growth. Um, and, and I know that's easier to control uh, than, than outside. So um, I don't know if there's if there's a big difference, indoor versus outdoor growth. Um, strain can have a difference because there's a different level of CBD content, um, as well as the minor cannabinoids. Right. So when, when Jeff and I talk about CBD, we're not talking about, most of the time, we're not talking about CBD isolate that's just CBD. We're talking about products that have all of the other cleverly named uh, cannabinoids. cannabinoids like CBN and CBG and CBC and CBV or, or yeah, and CBV and then the V versions and yeah. the acidic versions of those also. So uh, the strain can certainly have a difference uh, depending on what you're looking for. You're looking for something with a little more CBN or something with more CBG. 
And that's the other thing. So looking looking for something that says full spectrum gives you a shot at getting all of those trace cannabinoids. But the distillate, the isolate, they are what they say. I mean, an isolate sounds awfully lonely. So (laughs) it's it's an interesting because I think that's where the science is heading. Um, just in, in having conversations with our chemist is that if somebody, you know, CBG might be better for like neuropathic pain than CBD, right? So if that's what you want it, if that's what you want to treat and use, use this for, then we should give you CBG and not, you know, a phytocannabinoid rich or full spectrum, right? So I think the science is heading towards, uh, targeting some of that, um, to conditions. So, and the other thing is what we've also learned is that, you know, where it's growing and how it's growing in the soil. I mean, the, you know, the, the plants actually are, are pretty receptive to herbicides and pesticides and what's in the soil and things like that. So you have to be super careful there about the source and how it's grown, because, uh, you know, again, it you can get it's not only what's in it, but, you know, or what's not in it, but what's in it. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's the other thing is uh, some products have and ours does not to plug ours, but just that's the other thing I would ask about is, you know, do you have it like a certificate analysis or a lab test? on the product, just so you can be comfortable what's in it and what's not in it. Yeah. And it's really easy to see when you have a, you know, a plethora of terpenes and cannabinoids in something, you know, versus there's only CBD and, you know, non-traceable anything else. And the entourage effect is very real. And um, I appreciate you guys for giving us the professional nod. I think we all know it in our hearts, but we like to hear somebody else say it out loud. Oh, it's a, yeah, there's a huge difference. So isolate slash distillate compared to a full spectrum product that has the miners in it. uh, It is night and day difference in terms of effectiveness, uh, in terms of speed to action um, and the result that the, 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 the user is looking for. And, you know, when it gets expensive, you know, there is such a thing as growing your own medicine. I live on a farm and the family that is here, the parents, they started growing their own CBD flower and some THC and some one-to-one. And I just helped them, you know, trim their harvest. And I love it. You know, 70-year-old people making their own medicine. They make their salves and tinctures and oils um, we all need a hobby, and it's nice to have one that's good for us. So, you know, if if the price of CBD is getting a little out of control, you know, become a home grower. Yeah, why not? Have you all ever uh, grown yours? You know, no. We're, yeah. I wouldn't be casually baked if I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't. But we have an amazing uh, chemist uh, who is also a grower. Uh, and we know really good growers uh, that we trust, which I think is is also an important point. Uh, and Jeff started to say it: if if someone is uh, growing hemp, uh, you know, industrial hemp, uh, for example, and they don't quite know what they're doing, uh, then their CBD content in that hemp is going to be either too low, or, or their THC content is going to be too high, uh, and that causes some trouble. Or they're going to have something in there that we simply can't use. There's going to Fungus is such a big issue uh, in industrial hemp that you really have to be careful. So we know our limitations. <laughs> <That's We're right. laughs> How did you two come together to create the Farmer and Chemist? 
Well, a, Doug and I have known point. each other for 20 years. We've worked together in, in uh, you know, other pharmacy parts of the field, if you will. So we, we both live in Utah. Uh, a few years ago, there was a, a, a state initiative on the legalization of, of cannabis. And so we were asked as so-called whatever experts to kind of uh, consult with uh, some of the state legislatures on models and and you know like even dispensaries versus pharmacies and a bunch of other like operational things and as part of that you know we learned a lot but we you know we uh we saw an opportunity with cbd that there was just this, again this lack of education and wild wild west and lack of regulation and there there needed to you know there needed to be something out there that was better and you know more educated and so we uh we decided a couple of years ago to start the company and you know, again, our, you know, the, the, the people we put together to start Farmer and Chemist were, it was strategic. I mean, we're pharmacists We're you know, we have a couple of physicians involved. We have a chemist involved and we have a couple of attorneys involved because we wanted to make sure we were doing this the right way. So, um, and a great designer and a great designer. Yeah. You have very clever names for your products. I will say. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was, kind of, uh, you know, we kind of saw a need for some help in, I don't so know. Yeah, I think so we opened the store in, in about two years ago. Uh, we do have one brick and mortar, but we have a pretty good online presence. But our store's in in Salt Lake, and and it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about. Everybody who works there is either a pharmacist or a pharmacy technician. So we want you know everybody to feel comfortable, and it's a nice store. You know, it actually was an old pharmacy from the 1940s. Oh, that's fine. So we want we want it's really cool. It's old tile and antiques and you know, it's bright and everything else. We want, you know, we don't want people feeling like they're, you know, sneaking around, you know, you know, coming into the store. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think uh, we we're a little bit unique. Most pharmacists uh, and Jeff and I are the same. We were trained in traditional medicine, um, traditional Western medicine. So, uh, you know, chemicals are good for us. And uh, if, if a little bit is, is good for you, a, a lot might be better or a little bit less might be better. Uh, so our training was was really down hardcore science, and we were training with physicians. Um, and yet we're in the CBD space because we recognize the therapeutic benefits and value of cannabinoids. Um, and so it's a little bit of a departure from standard medicine. So there are there are some pharmacists uh, that are excited about CBD. I think it's sold widely in pharmacies, uh, and so pharmacists are getting up to speed on. Uh, the products and quality and what they're used for. Uh, but it's still a very specific niche and uh, I'm glad to be in it. It's, uh, it's way more fun than traditional pharmaceutical uh, products. Yeah. Your and store looks cooler than the CVS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. If we just, if we just hit that minimum bar <laughs> of looking like a sterile pharmacy, we'd feel really sad. <laughs> I know. Right. So what would your advice be to other pharmacists who want to learn more, want to become more of an expert so they can um, so they can maneuver back and forth between Western medicine and whole plant options? You know, where where should they start? Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, we started first uh, getting to know people in our community who were already experts. Um, and leaning on the local science and scientists um, quite a bit. Uh, we did a fair amount of uh, online research. We've searched every uh, publicly available um, piece of medical literature, every journal article, 
that talks about cannabinoids and cannabis and uh, really started to learn the science of the cannabinoid receptors, the endocannabinoid system, the value of the minor cannabinoids. Uh, and it's really just taking the time to, to learn something new. Yeah. Um, like when like real drugs are approved, right? There are studies that are done that have to be submitted to the FDA to get approval for those medications. It's kind of the same thing. It's there's studies out there, there's data out there. So I would refer people to those trials and do similar searches uh, that they that they would do for uh, you know any other medication. Now again, like we said, the science is catching up. Um, you know, it's it's not as robust as it right. is with some of these other medications, but it's out there. Um, you know, the, and and again, and I would echo what Doug said is is talk to people who, you know, have become more educated in this space. So now let me ask more of a pointed question. Is there any educational programs out there that are specifically designed now to catch up medical professionals in this? Or is it like, hey, just do your own homework, basically get a degree in CBD, but it's just you doing your own homework and research? Yeah, there are some continuing education programs for physicians, for pharmacists, for other healthcare professionals uh, that talk about mo that talk about cannabinoids, mostly cannabis, yeah. not so much CBD. Yeah. Um, and so with, uh, for example, in our state, uh, physicians who want to prescribe cannabis need to go through a training program. It's pretty short, um, but they get a little education about it. Um, so there are some professional resources that are available to healthcare professionals that also give them continuing education credit. So that's really great. Um, I think the, the concern that I have about those is that they're still driven from a, a Western medicine perspective for the most part, uh, which um, you know, means that they're not always looking at the complete value of uh, CBD products. Um, and as Jeff said, the science is so young, uh, even though it's, it's been around forever, uh, but the real, you know, the real hardcore clinical trials and randomized controlled trials uh, just aren't happening yet. They're starting to. Uh, so most of those CE programs go go back to the participant and say, we're just not sure. We're leaning towards believing that it's going to have an effect in this area or this therapeutic uh, concern, um, but we're not quite sure yet. So Well, and that's because I think y'all could attest that everyone's hum hamstrung by the pharmaceutical industry and the fact that we can't even say the things that CBD does, like the anti-inflammatory, like you can't even say that, but you right. know that that's what it does. So, you know, how do you as pharmacists, how have y'all maneuvered that around even the language that you use? We're certainly really careful in our labeling. We comply with the FDA's uh, rules around making claims uh, and our own state rules around making claims. But when we're interacting with a patient and they're asking us questions, we can answer those questions. And that's totally safe because we're basing it on the research that we've done and that it's available. We're not making any claims about cures. Uh, we're not saying it's gonna work for everybody. Uh, so uh, I think we apply the same careful uh, approach and scientific approach to this, just like we do other medicines. Uh, you know, an antidepressant, for example, uh, that has been used in tens of thousands of people in randomized controlled trials and then, and then tried in millions of people worldwide. 
still may not work for someone uh, because it's all individual. Yeah. That well, has no, a lot no drugs that. work. No drugs work 100 percent of the time. So. Yeah. So I tell people if when I'm describing you know, the different cannabinoids, I call CBD the scrubbing bubbles of our endocannabinoid system. And so that they can go through and clean everything up, flush it out, get it all sparkly and new. So, you know, a lot of people, they take a month off from drinking or, you know, now the new thing in the cannabis community, people giving themselves a reset and, you know, laying off of the cannabis to reset their endocannabinoid system. And I don't do that. I just take a lot more CBD. <laughs> so in your professional opinion, is like doing a CBD flush just the as good as stopping consuming cannabis for a month? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I've, I've, we've, I've never had this question before. Yeah. So, um, you so are is, welcome. My, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a good answer for that either. Yeah, I've never kind of heard of the, you know, the, the cleanse, if you will, the CBD cleanse or scrubbing <laughs> bubbles or anything. So, so that, you know, something, yeah, I'm going to go check it out. But I like the concept of, so there are a lot of, there are a lot of other categories of medication where we take medication vacations or holidays. Um, and it does allow the body uh, to downregulate um, and, uh, and then, and then the reintroduction can be really effective, uh, to make something better for the patient down the road. So I think there's probably some, some valid science behind it. Um, I don't know with CBD, uh, frankly, if it makes a lot of difference, you know, if, if someone took a CBD holiday, would they come back to it and would it work better? I kind of doubt it. No, I, I meant taking a THC holiday oh. by Using CBD. Using just CBD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense in terms of downregulating uh, the, especially the CB1 receptors in the central nervous system that are tremendously uh, responsive to THC. So I think that that there's probably some valid science behind a THC holiday or vacation. All right. That intuitively, that intuitively makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Yes, of course. I wouldn't recommend it over the holidays when you're with your families. <laughs> not, not, the, not, the time to, not the time to mess around and experiment. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, gentlemen, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important for us to know about CBD and making smart decisions around it? I think we covered it. We talked about mm -hmm. knowing where you're buying it. We talked about potency, uh, metabolism, and how uh, fast metabolizers need to use uh, either more or more frequently uh, dosed product. Uh, we talked about drug interactions and safety. Um, yeah, I ask. If you have questions, ask. Right. <laughs> now, where can people find your products? So our website is farmerandchemist.com. Uh, and again, we have a storefront in, uh, in Salt Lake City, right in the middle of the valley, but uh, anybody can go online and check us out. And we have a wide range of products, uh, topicals, ingestibles from the tinctures to gummies to, you know, all of the typical. So, yeah, and Doug alluded to this pretty, you know, pretty cool packaging and naming and things like that. So we're pretty proud of the product, actually. Right on. Well, I appreciate you guys being here and for sharing your wisdom and your time with us. And our only comment was that it was a great interview. 
we're, we'll we're take flattered. It. That's really we cool. Will yeah. take it. <laughs> it's been it's been awesome to be with you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate it. I hope our chat with Jeff and Doug dialed up your can of confidence when it comes to CBD use, dosing, and delivery. And remember, if you've got questions about incorporating CBD with existing medications, don't be afraid to ask your pharmacist, even if they don't have the answer. Just introducing the conversation is helpful in moving our culture forward to normalizing the integration of plant medicine options into health and wellness plans. Learn more about Farmer and Chemist in the podcast 211 show notes at casuallybaked.com. I'll be sure to include the link to a comprehensive FAQ that they have on their website that helps you build your foundational understanding of cannabidiol. And since the holiday season is approaching, consider gifting an experience this year to the cannabis lover in your life. Perhaps a cannabis lifestyle coaching session with yours truly, or a casually baked getaway to Northern California's wine and weed country. Or you can always let them choose their own adventure with virtual casually baked bucks. They can be used for coaching, experiences, or merch in the online store at casuallybaked.com. As always, email your requests or can of curious questions through the website or DM me on social. I'm at casuallybaked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the WeedTube. And if you find value in the quality cannabis content I'm churning out every week, please become a podcast patron for $5 per month at patreon.com backslash casually baked. However you choose to support this highly responsible cannabis movement, thanks for doing your part, my friend. To Puff Puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.